touch a little bit about the first psychiatry, but more about the history of uh, psychiatric illnesses and the evolution of psychiatric illnesses. Just give you a background, how, why we develop psychiatric illnesses, why do we have certain psychiatric diseases. Uh, so there's a saying by Paulo Colho, say everything happens for a reason. The hardest part is to find the reason. Doctor Adel, uh, the objectives for today, so I'm not going to touch about any treatment, any kind of uh, medication, so uh, uh, there's no conflict of interest in this presentation. So my objective is to interpret the, oral, the, ro uh, the role of evolution in medical conditions, understand the evolution of mental illness, and explain the symptom of psychiatric disorders from an evolutionary perspective. Okay? Uh, so our bodies are amazingly well designed in many perspectives. It's amazing and we study from physiological, from biochemistry, biochemical way or neurological, it's, it's well designed in a way that it's a miracle. But there are also some weaknesses that leave us vulnerable. We get, all of us get sick, whoever there gets sick for some reason, despite this kind of uh, evolution in our bodies. So uh, some scientists try to understand why do we get sick, why do we get weak, and uh, some of them make sense in evolutionary perspective, and that's what I'll touch on later on. So why do we need to understand this? And understanding this process can help us understand uh, our understanding of medical conditions and treating them. Maybe there's a way we can help understand how they evolve, how we can treat them in a way. Okay. So why we all have bodies that are vulnerable to diseases? Although that uh, uh, Allah uh, created us in a way that uh, will be, will will uh, will and have all this kind of immunological and defenses, why do we still get sick? Uh, why do we have an appendix and wisdom teeth? Although we don't use them, there's no still no clear role for the appendix or the wisdom teeth. Uh, why do we have eyes desi desi designed inside out? Such that the nerves and arteries run between the light and the retina, and we have the blind spot. So these still all mysteries to the evolution, people who are stu understanding, uh, studying evolution, and they don't understand well, why this kind of, uh, still ha we are having gen genes that carry the appendix and the wisdom teeth. And why do so many people have anxiety and depression? So that's what we're trying to understand, okay? So some of the evolution theories that there's a mismatch between design and environment. For example, an atherosclerotic heart disease uh, we know that our ancestors are designed to work all day, do ha ha heavy tasks, uh, work, uh, 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 do like all this exercise while they're working. And nowadays, because of our sedimentary kind of lifestyle, we don't do much work. So our body is not designed to kind of uh, uh, store all the liquids. It's used to kind of uh, uh, burn all the liquids during this, this work. So now we, people start to develop more and more uh, atherosclerotic heart disease. So the environment we are designed to is different than the environment we, we live in at these days. Obesity. So our body is desi designed to uh, store fat because we are, we are uh, uh, before the, the, uh, the food resources were scarce. There's not much food resources. 
So our body is designed in genetically to store more fat because we know there's days there's no food, there's no protein uh, uh, to eat, so we need to store this for these days. But nowadays we have more food than we can spend, so our body develops uh, obesity. There's also another theory that is a design trade-off. So make us more vulnerable to disease, but give us a net benefit. Uh, we'll g I'll give you a few examples later in the next slide, but this is kind of another uh, uh, theory behind evolution. Uh, there's another thing that pathogens that evolve faster than we do. We know that how bacteria viruses are now evolving that more uh, uh, rap uh, in a rapid way and faster than we can develop antipsychotics, uh, sorry, anti anti uh, uh, antibiotics and antiviral medication. Uh, sometimes we don't know if this is a defect versus a, a defense, like sickle cell anemia. Some people say it's a, a disease, but in South Africa, if you have a sickle cell anemia, you will survive the malaria infection. So some kind of defects are actually a defense. Uh, conditions that seem like a diseases, but are actually protected. So some diseases might be like uh, lactose intolerance, they might be protected from, some, uh, from uh, lactose ingestion and they can cause more serious uh, damage to the uh, guts. Okay. So we talked about like how, uh, sorry, uh, design trade-off. For sure example, the calf, although some people consider it a disease, it's actually a defensive mechanism. It's kind of uh, uh, excrete all the mucus, all the pathogen from your chest. The pain is also a defense, like it prevents you from, if you have a pain in your knee, so keep you on bed and not move, so it gives time for your knee to heal. Uh, so these are shaped, uh, they are not a defect, but rather than a defense. Uh, fever is also useful, uh, and people try, uh, I know that uh, uh, when you go out to practice there, people want to get the fever down as soon as possible, but now we know that fever is useful, because bacteria, they don't act as aggressive as, as uh, when, they are, uh, when the, temperature, uh, the body temperature is higher. So fever is also one of the fever of the defense mechanism. Sometimes we don't need to fight and keep it. You have to keep the body warm to for the immune system to work properly. Okay? Vomiting and diarrhea, we know that vomiting can excrete all the toxins that ingest. Diarrhea is the same way. It's kind of to clear toxins from your body. Okay? So all these kind of illnesses, although some people see it as illnesses, they are actually defense mechanisms. Uh, Carl John, a uh, well-known uh, philosopher, said a man is ill, but the illness is in the nature attempt to heal. So the illness is in a way to heal our bodies. <coughs> Another theory is that what you call the uh, smoke detector principle. So all of you know that the, uh, I want to get the pointers. So the smoke detector alarm in our houses, many of us install it in our houses. And they know sometimes it goes off for the wrong reason. Although there's no fire, but we still get the fire alarm. But we need it when there's an actual fire in our house. So we cannot remove the, the, the fire detector if it goes off in a, uh, odd times, but it's there to help protect us at the, uh, when there's a serious fire. Okay? So uh, similarly, nature uh, shaped our uh, body uh, to set off defense mechanism when there's a real threat. Uh, so there's a small bacterial infection, you get the fever, and you get all this kind of immunological response, all those kind of, maybe not a, a aggressive bacteria, but we need this because there's an aggressive bacterial infection that will, uh, uh, so the same, like the small bacteria of the huge infection will both trigger the alarm, but we need them uh, at, at the time of the real danger. 
most human suffering is unnecessary in the specific instances, even though it arises part of nearly optimal regulation of our normal defense. So the neurological system is there to practice in the real threat, even if there's a small or, or a big threat. Okay, so we come to the psychiatric disorders, and we need to know why do we have certain psychiatric disorders. Okay. So emotional suffering is not always obvious how they are useful. We don't know why people get depressed, why people get anxious. No, I'm not very clear. But emotions are necessary for people as well as animals to keep us close, to, uh, to cooperate with each other, survive, prosper, and proc uh, procreate. If you don't have emotion, if you don't express emotion to others, people will kind of uh, ha lose this connection together and uh, maybe affect our survival. So environmental condition in the past could have selected for traits that were advantages then, but considered negative today. So why do you still have this kind of condition? One of the theories is that the uh, uh, natural or evolution was, was not strong enough to eliminate the genes that cause these kind of conditions. For example, Huntington Korea. We know that the onset of this illness at the age of 30 and 40. So at that age, these uh, people who have this condition, although they inherit genetically, they already have, have, have had a family and they have children, so they have already passed the genes to their offspring. So the environment is not strong enough to eliminate this kind of gene, because we know this kind of condition, when they get the Huntington Korea, it affects their life, and they maybe if they had early onset in their childhood, they'll not have been able to uh, form a family and have offspring. Uh, also, most of our uh, psychiatric diseases are polygenetics, meaning we have more than one gene that causes this condition. So it's very hard for the environment and the evolution to eliminate this gene, because it's not just single gene that uh, kind of can be eliminated by uh, selection. Uh, it's also involved hundreds of or thousands of genes and DNA mutations to cause a condition. So we know with schizophrenia, there's no single mutation that can cause schizophrenia. There's multiple genetic mutations, so it's very hard for the environment to eliminate these mutations. And it's also difficult to track how so many genetic regions evolve. Like, we don't know which uh, say, uh, genes that evolve with time that led to the cause of these kind of conditions. Uh, we, nowadays, we understand also the immune system is part of many of the, our psychiatric disorders. And uh, uh, an overactive immune system, we know that it would, uh, depression, schizophrenia, the immune system is overactive in these conditions. And uh, it might be also a cause of these conditions. But as a human being, we need a strong immune system to keep us alive. But on the other side, having a strong immune system could have caused uh, these kind of psychiatric diseases. So it's a design trade-off. So we have a, a strong immune system that kind of causes us to survive many infections and other conditions. At the same time, having a strong immune system cause psychiatric disorders. So this is what we call one of the things that explain psychiatric disorders. So one of the uh, psychiatric disorders we try to understand is bulimia nervosa. So why people get bulimia nervosa? So our body is designed uh, that we, we, ha we have a few calorie intake. But in the past, foods resources were scarce. So our design that uh, our body knows that uh, uh, we're not going to get too much fat. So when food is available, when you are hungry, to eat more and store as much uh, fat as you can. So what happens when you go on diet? So you're going to starve, you're going to eat more. 
when you start when you when when you store more fat, what will happen? So you have excess food, so you're not gonna eat. So this is a, a kind of a vicious cycle. So uh, you you feel that there is no much fat, there's no food, so you you start dieting. But then when you eat more, you and you get very hungry, you eat a lot of fat. So you go on a strenuous diet. So that's the issue with premium nervosa. How expect from evolutionary point of view that the body is designed that you're gonna store fat as much as you can when there's opportunity to eat. But when, they, when the, the brain knows that you are eating a lot, you're gonna go into diet, and that's gonna trigger the, the, the need to eat, to eat more. And that's gonna take this cycle of uh, dieting and uh, eating more lots of, of food, and this is gonna go this cycle of uh, bulimia nervosa. Uh, the next one, maybe more kind of clear uh, disorder to explain from evolutionary point of view is panic, panic uh, disorder or panic anxiety. So in the past, people were living in a tribe, and it's very dangerous to, to leave your tribe. So when you are outside your tribe, it's very dangerous. You're going to be attacked by enemies, by wild animals. So we have this instinct in, uh, in our bodies uh, to keep us close to our home and keep us uh, uh, find, find a way to our home. So your brain is designed from evolutionary point of view that whenever you, f you, you, don't, you can't find home, there's catastrophe gonna happen. So that's what happens in anxiety disorder or panic. Whenever you're outside home, your brain is designed in a way that he's gonna panic because he cannot find home. So that's an, uh, one of the ways to explain uh, panic anxiety. Social anxiety is the fear of uh, people, uh, more kind of uh, uh, high, uh, 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 what's the word for it? Uh, high, the hierarchy. So you have this anxiety when you present them in the front of them, when you see the head of the tribe, when you see the head of uh, the, the mayor of the city, you get this anxiety. Because that's in, in the past, this kept the order in, in, the, in the tribe. When, if you don't respect the higher and the hierarchy people, you're going to be expelled from the tribe and you're going to be left away from this tribe. So the social anxiety is an instinct in us to keep us in peace at home with, uh, uh, with our group. So shame and embarrassment come from not knowing your premium rank. So if you're lower down in the rank, you have to respect people above you. So that gives us a social anxiety. Okay. You know this? This is the only ancestor we had that he had no fear of heights. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and he's extended now. Okay. <laughs> so people in the past who had no had no height phobia, what happened to them? They are all distinct now. Okay. <laughs> they all died because they fell from uh, from height and they died. So this who has no uh, not was not afraid of height fell off in the cleft and died. So that's why all of us have height phobia. Okay. So that's kind of how it explains from evolutionary perspective that we all have height phobia. This guy. So people who are not afraid of animals, what happened to them in the past? They got eaten. Yes. So animal phobia, all of us have animal phobia. Why? Because this who was not afraid of monsters became a meal for a dragon. So they were eaten and all, so all of us inherited the gene that gave us the uh, animal phobia. Those who didn't were killed. So the syndrome of panic is just a fly, uh, fight or flight reaction that's going off at the wrong time. Remember the smoke detector theory? So that's uh, another way how we explain anxiety. That's this, the, the alarm is going off at the wrong time. There's no actual threat, but we get this anxiety. So some people who have anxiety disorder, they have a defect in their alarm in the brain. So with a minimal 
uh, trigger, th this alarm is going off. So if you have kind of a, a mild uh, palpitation, all of us have sometimes a mild palpitation, right? If you feel your heart is pounding, or you feel like you're dizzy, or uh, you feel like tight in your chest. So usually it doesn't trigger the alarm, but people who have anxiety disorder, they have a malfunctioning alarm service, and is, uh, the brain is unable to distinguish between a real threat and uh, uh, a, har a harmless uh, threat, and kind of just trigger the alarm and you have the full symptoms of a panic attack. So you get the sweating, the heart palpitation, you feel you're gonna die, something bad gonna happen, because the alarm went off at the wrong time. Okay. Um, so for our ancestor, to, uh, the ability to flee at the least hint of danger was essential. So uh, our ancestor, if they feel there's a danger coming, even if they don't, they don't see it. If, if they hear a, 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 what's called, a, a loud bang, meaning that means an, an animal coming, so we have to run. So they have to have the flight and flight uh, response uh, activated. So they get their, their heart to start to raise, your blood pressure goes up because it's preparing you to, fl uh, to, f uh, to flee from the scene. But at this, at this time, we don't have this kind of uh, uh, reaction needed to a uh, fly situation because we are mostly safe. But this alarm uh, is built into us to kind of help us in this situation. So we know that to treat anxiety disorders, one of the techniques is psychotherapy. So what do we do? So we try to uh, regulate this alarm that not every threat is a, is a real threat. And just to experience the, the, the environment as a safer, and uh, we set off the anxiety threshold again uh, down. So not every alarm set off, and uh, not every trigger set off your alarms, like uh, fixing your fire alarm not to get off, uh, set, off, set off at the wrong time. Uh, also, uh, in dangerous environment, it's also safe uh, and adaptive to stay close to your tribe. So that's why we have agoraphobia. We are, uh, our bodies, our brain, is designed to keep us close to our family. So and it's, it's, uh, our brain knows that it's not safe to stay away from uh, tribe or family, so keep us at home. And that explains, uh, sorry, that explains uh, panic and agoraphobia. Okay. Uh, social anxiety also, as we uh, said before, helped our ancestors maintain their harmony of the time uh, and follow tribe rules. So when, if you're not anxious, you're gonna be uh, repellent, you're gonna not obey the rules, but if you have the social anxiety, you have to obey, uh, obey the rules and your tribe and stay, stick with the rules of your uh, group. <coughs> um, the next thing we could try to understand is the obsessive compulsive disorder, or OCD. Why people get OCD? So people who didn't have OCD, they were very messy, they, could, they didn't arrange things at home, uh, they were expelled from their tribes, and they, they starved to death, so we didn't inherit these genes. So people who have OCD, they survived because they kept us on track uh, for the work needed uh, to let people live together safely. So clean, arrange, safe, and behave for a sure uh, and tidy nest, so you keep this in a tribe. People who are not tidy, they were left, uh, they expelled from the tribe, and they didn't live to pass, uh, to pass us our, our, their genes. Okay. Next topic is depression. It's one of the hard, challenging problems to understand. Why people get depressed, okay? At first glance, it seems impossible that there could be any benefit from lacking energy, uh, being fearful, and withdrawing from social life. This is against our instinct because evolution is built that we survive. So if you, if you, if you, don't, if you sit at home, don't eat, this is gonna lead you to, to die, and this is against the theory of evolution. 
so not eating, not oversleeping, this is all against the purpose of evolution, to survive and to be active. But then why people, do, uh, people uh, survive depression and they pass? Because you know, depression has some genetic elements that can be passed from one generation to another. So why people survive depression and they pass us their genes and then we can get depressed at this time? And there's also the atypical depression, when people eat more and sleep more. This is also against evolution. Maybe this atypical depression kept us well enough behave for our cooperative society. So people who were uh, depressed, staying at, at home, not going out, they were kept in their society and they were fed by their, fam uh, their tribe and kept them alive and they uh, survived to pass as their genes. So behave yourself to avoid rejection and remorse and exile and to stay safe in our environment. Uh, melancholic depression. Uh, this is more uh, hits the elderly, which is more kind of they sleepless. They kind of have lack of the energy, and they kind of uh, 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 more severe kind of type of depression. And this has kept us from using scarce resources when no longer useful to the group. So when people get elderly, they are not useful to the tribe. So naturally, people will exp uh, expel them out their tribe, and they will uh, not survive. But maybe when they are depressed, they feel like they need to the support from their, their group. They got the food and uh, resources to keep, the, to keep them alive. So take one for the team if you are too old or too ill. So people will, will look after if you are ill or too old. Okay. Another theory is behind the depression is the starving deer. Okay. So this deer is living in a, a snowy city. If he was running all day and looking for food, what would happen? Ha had have happened to this deer. Hmm? Would have st uh, starved and died because there's no food. It's very cold out there and he's running out and spending his energy. So in, the, in winter, what will happen? This is what happens in the season of depression. Why people in this winter get more depressed? To conserve our energy, to reduce our appetite and, and uh, uh, let us live through the winter. So depression is involuntary yielding that to protect us against attack from a loss of social position. So, uh, sorry, it is another theory that uh, depression is involuntary yielding that to protect us against attack after a loss of social position. So what happened recently to the guy who was ruling Sudan? He got sick. <laughs> you saw him? <laughs> he was in bed in the hospital and that's protected him against getting attacked by his people, right? So when he's lo he lost his position as a leader of the country, he got sick. So that's also an instinct in all of us when we lose our position to seek help and attention, we get sick, we get depressed. So it's a state of withdrawal in which the individual, uh, uh, sorry, another, another theory, so this is the first theory. The second theory, it's a withdrawal in which the individual regroups to emerge with alternative strategy. So if somebody goes into uh, a plan or a project and he loses, like if he's, uh, trading something and he's selling something and he loses uh, lose all his money. What will happen to him? He will get depressed. Yes. So why he get depressed? To regroup again, rethink about what happened. So maybe he will come up with a better plan. So that's another theory that explains why people get depressed. And people who are very active, who kind of uh, involve in multiple tasks, like you are as a medical student and you're active, you want to get past your grade and get past medical school. But sometimes something happens that affects you and you feel like you're, you're losing your goals, you're, uh, there's nothing to, to live for in life. But that's sometimes good, like you, you retreat, you rethink your strategies and come up with a new strategies. Maybe the first strategy was not working well. So depression sometimes helps you to uh, disengage from the effort because if you keep doing the same thing, the same 
wrong thing, you'll continue to fail. But if you, if you, if you uh, set that and look after at what you're doing, that's when you get a little bit depressed, but that's fine. That's give you a, an opportunity to rethink what you're doing and come up with a new plan. And depression makes people ruminate in a way that helps them solve problems better. So maybe it give you a, a chance to rethink what you're doing and come up with a, pro, uh, 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 a solution for your problem. Okay. Uh, people who get rejected, like uh, partners, uh, children who feel they're rejected, they get depressed. So if that ha uh, people get rejected from their family, and if they don't get depressed, what will happen? The family will throw them away from the family. But if they get depressed, they feel like they, they will attract what? The attention of their family to keep them, uh, maintain their social harmony and cohesion in our ancestors. So uh, when people get depressed, usually they, they seek attention, emotion, and people around them try to support them as much as they can. And this is one of the Australian groups had uh, proposed that clinical depression is a mean to avoid social exclusion. So uh, if people get rejected from their family and they're not depressed, people will not look after them and they get rejected from their family. Uh, consciousness, the purpose of it is to keep us responsive to our companions and environment. So consciousness is, is, is a large player uh, or a, pr a primary player in our depression. Because if you don't have this consciousness, you're not going to feel the guilt feeling, you're not going to feel this kind of, uh, uh, what's the other word for it? Uh, how you react to things. If you don't have consciousness, you're going to be kind of a calm, uh, strong person that you're not going to respond to, to people around you. Uh, then you're going to be rejected from, from, your, uh, from your environment. But consciousness is there to help us, to, to help us stay in our environment. So a thoughtful understanding leads us to a better solution. Okay, uh, sadness and sorrow are the emotional equivalent to pain. We know how pain is helpful. So pain keeps us from moving, keeps us from, to, to allow the, uh, your knee to, remember this example, like if you have a pain in your knee, it's prevent you from uh, moving to give a time for your knee to uh, heal. Same thing as sadness. Sometimes we need some of this sadness, sorrow, for our emotions to heal. Uh, this is also a condition to help us to avoid negative stimuli and seek positive stimuli. People who are depressed look for positive stimuli and kind of more to be uh, innov innovative in a way to seek uh, positive stimuli. So it's a basic motivator for survival right after attraction and repulsion. So if you get rebu uh, 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 repulsed from your uh, family, if you're rejected, this is a way to, for us to survive, to stay in this tribe and get supported by the tribe. So. When you are feeling the pain, you are actually feeling the unrecognized call for ancient social instincts. So when you feel the depression, you are, uh, you are looking for the support from your family. Uh, you feel you're looking for uh, their uh, input to help you get better. Okay, so some people who went through depression, they say when they came out from depression, they tend to ap appreciate life better. So when we are living in this kind of life, we uh, always, uh, 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 how we live life, uh, not that uh, the opposite of the mentality. Uh, active life, more, uh, yeah, like this rich life with all uh, mobile phones, computer. We don't appreciate life how people in the past lived, like with all the scarce resources, and uh, no water in their home, no electricity. Now we have all this kind of resources and we don't appreciate them. Live one day without electricity and we appreciate life better nowadays. So uh, depression gives you a time sometimes to rethink about what we have and appreciate life better. So Rumi said, if you are irritated by every rub, 
how will you be polished? So depression is a way to get you feel appreciate life better and uh, come out of it uh, um, uh, appreciating things and uh, uh, the same thing. Okay. Uh, where there is room, there is a hope for treasure. So sometimes when there are people depressed, we know there's poets, uh, artists, when they're depressed, they are more creative. So in this kind of state, they come up with kind of more ideas or better things to kind of be creative and find treasure in this kind of state. Uh, crying, studies have found that crying increases endorphins. And endorphins are the natural opioids. Like, you know what's opioids? And the uh, morphines help you feel better. So crying, when you cry, why people, when, when they cry, after coming from crying, they feel better? Because when they cry, their body uh, produces endorphins, and this kind of makes you feel good. Uh, so crying is uh, releasing tension, and as a result, you feel better. So that's why people depressed. Sometimes this is kind of uh, makes your in, uh, internal uh, endorphin release and make you feel better. So it's a defect, the defense. So maybe crying is a way of, depression is a way of a defense rather than a defect we have. Okay? Uh, some, uh, frequently we see when we say uh, people are uh, remitted from depression, they find a new strategy or to leave them up a goal. They kind of re renovate them to pursue life and get better after all. But I have to warn you, this is not the case with everybody. Not everybody goes with depression or come out from depression feeling better. We see some cases that they continue to have depression. So this is just a theory and doesn't explain all kind of depression we see in our life. So don't go put yourself in depression on purpose. This is not a good idea. Okay? Last thing I'm going to talk about is schizophrenia. Uh, we know that schizophrenia has ge multiple genetic factors, so it's very hard to eliminate schizophrenia by, by, by evolution. Uh, it has a steady prevalence worldwide. Uh, throughout years, I have said at 1% throughout the world. So if you go to Europe, you go to North America, Middle East, Asia, the prevalence is, is constant, 1%. So why it was not eliminated? Schizophrenia is a condition that decreased reproduction. And uh, this, uh, despite this uniform distribu uh, distribution and the resistance of genes that dec decrease fitness. So schizophrenia decreases your fitness to live to, uh, for, for life. Despite this, it was passed all these years and didn't change that. The prevalence is constant at 1%. So there's something that keeps schizophrenia running in the family and passed from one generation to another. And we said there's many genes with a small effect that made them resistant to elimination by selection. So we know the selection for the strongest, but if it's an genetic, it's very hard to be eliminated. These genes may offer benefits, but we still don't know what these benefits are, okay? Maybe there's a relative immunity against other diseases. We know there's some people with schizophrenia who are resistant to certain diseases. They, get, they don't get sick as easily as other people, but it's still not, we don't understand the full, uh, 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 th uh, the full uh, the full details about this condition, but we know some schizophrenics survive uh, severe uh, illnesses compared to the, to, to normal people. Uh, uh, through the evolution, we know that our language, our memory, our function improved, and uh, a proof of that, if you had done the uh, IQ test, uh, it's called uh, Whisker uh, IQ test. Uh, 20 years ago, you would have, if, if you take the, the IQ test that was uh, designed in 1970, you will score higher than you do the IQ test nowadays. Why? Because the, the IQ test now is much harder than 1970, because people are evolving and they are more clever with time. So our recognition 
our uh, language is improving. That's why they increase the bar for the IQ test. Every ten, ten, I think every 10 years, they increase the bar to have, to have okay, the score of 120. It's different than when they were 20, uh, 10 years or 20 years ago. Okay, so our brain are evolving and getting smarter and smarter. Sorry, and that pushed our brain close to threshold, which if you exceed it, you could, this is called psychosis. So because our brain is evolving more and more, so that's where you get very close to the theory that if you get across that threshold, you get into psychosis and uh, schizophrenia. It might be protective. How come, how come schizophrenia can be protective? So you know, they have delusions, hallucinations, they are disorganized, they cannot live by themselves. How is that protective for people? People who have schizophrenia usually they are very isolated. They don't go out much, they stay at home, so they avoided war. So these people were not killed in the war uh, at that time, so they kept their the genius schizophrenia and they passed it to their offspring. They disorganized, they survived chaos. We know people with schizophrenia, they can live in the street for years without, uh, uh, to not have the same impact of if any of us live in the street for a couple of days. They live in the street, they eat from garbage, so that might be they survived chaos because they are disorganized and they're able to survive the chaos that we live in, uh, they lived in. Creative, we know some schizophrenic uh, found their way out, okay? And Dr. Adam has a very nice book, <laughs> and he talks about this condition, how uh, he's schizophrenic or some bipolar? Al-Hallaj. Schizoaffective, but they're very creative. They created, what, uh, hundreds of books? <laughs> okay, although they have schizophrenic. So they're very creative, they, but the, the books, they don't make sense, but uh, they have followers, people are following them, and they were very creative, and they found their way out to live and pass their genes to us, okay? To you. Ah, yeah, <laughs> Okay. Uh, so we talked about consciousness, how it's important for us uh, to have consciousness versus the instinct, because that might be the cause of their psychosis. They are more aware of things, because you know delusions, they feel people are uh, trying to hurt them, people want to do something bad for them. So that might be just interesting, they are worried that people are going to hurt them, so that's why people develop psychosis. They also, we know they have hypofrontality, meaning they don't have this control about these thoughts. So all of us think that this, this person sitting over there might be planning to hurt me, but then I would think, why, well, why, why does he want to hurt me? I didn't do anything bad to him, I didn't hurt him anyway, so there's no reason for him to hurt me back. So we eliminate this delusion. But people with schizophrenia, they, they lack this hypofrontality, they, they lack this kind of uh, control, and they have hypofrontality. So this delusion uh, cross this kind of uh, gate where we kind of filter these thoughts, and they come up with the psychosis. Uh, we spoke about how untamed instincts lead to wild in inventions. So people with schizophrenia sometimes they come up with a way and they come up with the new inventions because of their psychosis, because of their disorganization. They come up with a uh, different way to how to live, how things will to deal with life. Okay? So people who are not afraid of the fire, sorry, people who are not afraid to uh, uh, seek things, they, f they found fire, fire because they are disorganized and they were hitting rocks with each other and they found sparks and they, they discovered fire. So maybe the person who discovered fire was uh, schizophrenic. Okay? Uh, so people consider schizophrenia as a severe, fo uh, a severe form of anxiety and depression, and we talked about the role of anxiety and depression in, uh, in our life. And uh, we know that uh, schizophrenia is linked with high expressed emotions, and we spoke about that when they get the very 
uh, uh, the thin limit between creativity and the things sick. Okay. So as a conclusion, all in all, there are many theories. There is no single theory that explains the evolution of psychiatry. Little yet we can be sure about. So all these theories, there's nothing can be tested or we can be 100% sure about these all theories. Uh, and there's much room for logical synthesis that consistent with the clinical experience and scientific research. So we're still researching and we're trying to, to uh, find out the logic behind psychiatric research. So these are the results I use in our uh, presentation. And thank you very much for listening. <laughs>